Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of The Daily Home Edit, the daily podcast brought to you by the team at Home Beautiful magazine. I'm Katrina O'Brien, the Managing Editor of Home Beautiful, and as it's Halloween, we have something a bit different for you. Yes, Halloween is possibly the spookiest time of the year, so we thought we'd get a very special guest in to talk about something she knows quite a bit about, haunted houses. (laughs) And as we are Home Beautiful, haunted Hamptons homes in particular... Now, Karina Mercado is the best-selling author of three quite unique and very intriguing books, Spirit Sisters, Where Spirits Dwell and Love Never Dies. And she's also the host of two fabulous podcasts, Spirit Sisters and the very spooky The Ghost Files. She's also a wonderful contributing editor of Home Beautiful magazine. Welcome to the HB Studio, Karina. Hello, Katrina. I'm so excited to be here. I think I'm going to float out of my chair. (laughs) I can't believe how excited I am to have you here, Karina. Now, Karina, you've spent decades speaking to people, hundreds of people, about stories of the unexplained, personal encounters with the spirit world, and most notably scary stories about ghosts appearing in homes across suburbia in Australia and beyond. What is it about these stories that really intrigue you, Karina? That's such a good question, Katrina. I think um, what it is is just for me personally, these stories inspire hope. Yes, they're spooky and that's an important element of these accounts. But for me, it's the hope that they, they hint at. They hint at a greater reality, something that we don't know of, a great mystery. And that is what intrigues me, the mystery. And I think in these particular times when, you know, the world is in such flux and there's, you know, problems galore, left, right and centre, what we want is to be reminded that there's something greater. And I think that's what these stories do. That's fantastic. And have you ever experienced a haunted house yourself? I have indeed. Mm -hmm. So, well, I write in my books about a little haunted Californian bungalow that I grew up in, in Mascot. Mm-hmm. But more recently, as a young mum, which actually wasn't that recent, but... Oh, it is. It was like days ago, Karina. <laughs> yes. Um, we lived in uh, another haunted Californian bungalow, so from the 1920s, in Rockdale, south of Sydney. And it was it was a beautiful little home. I loved it. And I thought everything was fine in there until my husband began to see full-blown apparitions in there. Wow. So, <laughs> yes, that's kind of what sparked my second book, Where Spirits Dwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a an unsettling time, but also a very intriguing time. And I wanted to know why my very practical tradesman husband had suddenly begun to see you know, it was three apparitions in total. There was a woman in a red nightgown, there was a little boy, and there was also a little girl that was so very lifelike, he mistook her for our own daughter. Karina. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You're freaking me out. (laughs) I wanted to know why my very practical tradie husband Mm. suddenly started seeing these apparitions. And in his case, it was meditation that sparked it. Right. Okay. And did you you get to the bottom of those ghosts in that home? You know, I believe I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did some research into the home and I found that it had been built by a tramway conductor 
back in, well, yes, I knew the date. It was in the ni- early 1920s and he raised a family there. And so I believe Annabel saw his wife and his children. He wow. had four children in the home and they weren't so my husband didn't get a sense of any menace mm-hmm. from the from the visions. He um he just it was almost as if he was just peering into the past. Wow. And I believe that meditation that he'd begun to do mm-hmm. for relaxation opened some kind of doorway for him to uh, to be able to see those people from the past. Amazing. And the house that you're in at the moment? That's <laughs> that's clear and quiet and that could be because Annabel stopped doing his <laughs> meditation, <laughs> meditation which I do not recommend. I love meditation. I think you everyone are should do it. <laughs> Big fan. So I've got you in here as an uh, that ulterior motive to actually talk about haunted houses. And as you know, we're at Home Beautiful. We are massive fans of Hamptons homes, Hampton style. And I know you love them too, Karina. So we thought we'd bring a couple of you know, as it is Halloween, to bring a couple of things together. Hamptons, which we love, and a bit of an intriguing ghost story with you, Karina, the expert. So. The Hamptons, tell us a bit about it. It's quite famous for a few spooky stories, isn't it? It is indeed. And can I just say this merging of the Hamptons (laughs) and the ghosts is like the best day ever for me at the moment. This is fabulous. (laughs) It is indeed. So the Hamptons is, um, it was a tiny English settlement back in the 1600s. And a quick Google search uncovers some very famous sightings. One, so there's everything from a haunted windmill, so haunted by the apparition of a little girl, right through to um, a stunning shingled, classic, you know, shingled property called Thomas Halsey Homestead in Southampton. Mm. And um, apparently the ghost of a woman who was scalped by the native peoples Mm. in the 1600s lurks there. So I found that one particularly interesting. Mm. There's also the the Montauk Lighthouse um, that is, there's a voice heard there of a 17-year-old Abigail who died after a shipwreck in the 1800s. And um, and another very intriguing case is a home called Egypt Lane Home that Renee Zellweger reportedly owned, mm-hmm. and um, that there's a ghost there of the lady who was the previous owner, one Lillian Worthington. So I'd be oh. so intrigued to know if Renee has ever seen Ms. Worthington. But yeah. yeah, so that's just a handful of them. Amazing. Now I'd love to have a chat to you about a particular haunted house there in the Hamptons that once belonged to a, a rather reclusive duo, and they're quite intriguing. Edith Ewing Beauvoir. Bill and her daughter Edith Beauvoir Bill, known as Big and Little Edie. Now you might recognise that name, the Beauvoir in there, don't we? Oh yes, yes. We can you tell us do. a bit about this pair and particularly their home, Grey Gardens? I so love this story of Grey Gardens. So for anybody who doesn't know about Grey Gardens, I send you immediately to watch the <laughs> 1975 documentary which then inspired the film starring Jessica Lange and Drew Barrymore, Grey Gardens, feature film from a decade ago, also fantastic. So please go and see both. Mm. These two ladies, Big Edie and Little Edie, as you said, Katrina, what an intriguing duo, what a fashion statement, what a story. So they lived, they are, first of all, sorry, they're the aunt and the first cousin of Jackie Kennedy, Anassas. Mm-hmm. And um, they live in... Very Hamptons. <laughs> very Hamptons. And their beautiful home, it started as a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. In 1897, it was built, called Grey Gardens, and classic beautiful shingles in West End Road, East Hampton. It's a bit similar to what we'd probably run into a magazine now in its glory days, basically. That's right. And yeah. it's now returned to its glory days, which um, we'll talk about, we'll get to. But Grey Gardens, the documentary and the later film, focus on Big Edie and Little Edie who lived there 
They were society dropouts. They lived with 52 feral cats, raccoons. The home was decrepit. But it's so interesting because they, the couple themselves, the mother and daughter, were still so passionate about life. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen the documentary. I have seen snippets of it. It is intriguing. It's truly intriguing. Yeah. So even though they lived amid, you know, cat droppings. And I think in one room, I think there was something like 28 rooms and they actually lived in the one room. That's right. Yeah. Because the rest of the house was literally falling down around them to the point where Jackie Kennedy herself stepped in in an intervention at one oh, point and wow. cleaned things up for them or wow. organised a clean up. I think basically just from looking at that film, they would be kind of basically modern day hoarders. You Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. That's what they were. Health conditions, obviously, but yeah, that, yep. yeah. that's what they were. And uh, Little Edie was very famous for her style. So mm-hmm. in the documentary, that comes through. Mm-hmm. She would, you know, wear curtains as turbans and jumpers as skirts, but she had a real flair, mm. and that really came through. Absolutely fascinating duo. Yeah, that's great. So where did it? What it ended up happening? Where did all the spookiness come from in this house? Do you think? <laughs> so that all unfolded after Big Edie died in a Southampton hospital in 1977, and Little Edie put the house on the market. Mm-hmm. So real estate agents warned potential buyers about the state the house was in and said, look, if you want to buy it, you're absolutely on your own. It was not in uh, any sort of habitable state. Um, So in 1979, along came an editor of the Washington Post, Ben Bradley, and his wife, journalist Sally Quinn, and they bought the home for $220,000 US dollars in 1979. Bargain. (laughs) Absolute bargain. (laughs) And um, and I I love this line. According to Little Edie, all the house needed, Katrina, was a coat of paint. Oh, God. I think I've said that many a time in our house too. <laughs> That's hilarious. So she ended up buying it and I think this gets when it gets a bit interesting, doesn't it? Because Sally, Sally herself was quite a spiritual kind of person as well. She was indeed. So Sally, Sally was quite – oh, sorry, is quite spiritual and has written a memoir which talks about her spirituality and her experiences living in Grey Gardens. Ah. So um, that book is on my list to read. I, I think it would be is. quite intriguing. So what happened? happened when Sally bought the house when she was sort of going in there and um, signing off on it? This is a really good story and it's quite atmospheric. So apparently little Edie greeted her at the door and said, I know you are the right person. Mm. So that was the first thing to happen. But then on the actual day that they were closing the deal, Sally Quinn was in the home. Trees were howling. Glass was broken. You can imagine all the rubbish sort of swirling around the house and, you know, (laughs) elegant Sally Quinn picking her way through the cat droppings on the ground. (laughs) Lovely. Yeah, freezing November day. She, Sally was there and felt the presence of somebody in the room. And this was not a ghost. This was a live woman, but Sally had never seen her before. And this lady said, my name is Lois and I have been sent here by Big Edie, who of course had passed away a couple of years prior, And Big Edie wants me to give you a message. She wants you to know that she chose you for this home. Oh, wow. And she chose you because she knew you would restore it to its original beauty and she's going to make sure everything goes smoothly. Wow, that's incredible and that's quite spooky. Apparently the renovations went really well. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm not surprised because there was divine intervention and divine approval. (laughs) And apparently it was on budget on time. How about that for a miracle? (laughs) A miracle indeed. Sounds like Big Edie could have quite the say in those days. That's Yeah, that is quite the miracle. And did anything else spooky happen to the new owners? Well, yes, Sally has spoken about this and there are a couple of stories floating around. Mm -hmm. One has it that she has 
seen the ghost of the previous owner who lived there before Big Eddie and Little Eddie, right, a, okay. lady, a lady called Anna Gilman Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sally has apparently seen her. Then, um, yes, and her husband as well has seen some ghosts. Sally, being the spiritual person that she is, she was quite happy to speak about this and, as I said, she wrote about it in her memoir. Mm. Uh, so Little Edie went on to pass away in 2002 and she appeared to the couple with her sea captain lover. Ooh, so there's a story of a, <laughs> there's a story in that to be told. There's a story there and this man, people would hear his boots clomping and this was all in Little Edie's bedroom and oh, guests okay. of Sally Quinn and her husband refused to actually sleep in Little Edie's bedroom oh, really? because it was so haunted. I get that. I'd be one of those people, I think. And apparently the lights in the hall start flickering once every night, which is pretty wild, between 9.30 and 10pm on the dot. That's pretty ridiculous. I love that. It? I love that. And it just, you know, it just goes to show that Big Eddie and Little Edie still performing, still in the spotlight, still turning lights off and on. Love they it. Are. And do the Bradleys still own the home? No. So quite recently, in December of 2017, it was sold for, now get ready, Katrina, 15.5 million US dollars. It's a bargain in Sydney prices. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And hundreds of people later turned up for the uh, auction of the contents as well. Oh, my goodness. And I think they actually could pick up, they still had stuff from um, uh, the 80s, big and little 80s days because so much of that stuff was in the attic of the home. And Sally apparently restored a lot of that, you know, wicker chairs, all sorts of things. Oh, I love that. I love that aspect because one of um, the famous lines of 80s, little lady is um, it's so hard to distinguish between the past and the present and I feel that you know that's certainly still going on today with the apparitions yeah it's interesting to think that pieces of their story continue in so many homes across the states thanks so much for coming in Karina thank you so much for having me I don't think I've wiped the smile off my face since I've sat down thank you Katrina oh it's been great fun and thank you everyone for listening happy Halloween I hope you have a spooky day and night don't forget to rate review and subscribe and we'll see you next time bye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com